Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for tuning in this week. I'm Matt Salerno, here with my co-host, Hunter Bratton. Uh, so this week, we're going to talk about a open mind versus a closed mind. Um, but before we get into that, um, last week, we left you with a challenge um, when we talked about surviving versus thriving. Um, we, we suggested that you guys pick a part of your day that you're dreading um, and not looking forward to and deciding how you can dominate that part of your day instead of just trying to get through it. Um, so one way I did this was, um, was with workouts and I was, I usually don't look forward to workouts because, uh, they can be, you know, difficult as you can imagine, um, especially early in the morning. But, um, I focused on trying to excel at those instead of just get through them. And I definitely think it helped me get a great start in my day. Hunter, how about you? Yeah. So, Sort of the same boat as you with workouts. Uh, on Wednesday, I had a track workout with a friend, and we did eight eight hundred meter uh, sprints. And I wasn't particularly. They were at the end of the day, so I had like the entire day leading up to it, and I wasn't particularly looking forward to them. Uh, but when I got to the track, you know, I embraced the challenge, and it was I made it the best part of my day. Um, I decided, you know, I was gonna just like the power of now, you know, um, be in the moment and just give it my all uh, and. You know, so that was thriving. And then this morning, uh, I I had another run. Uh, and as opposed to Wednesday's workout, you know, this workout, I was, oh, I was also dreading this. Um, it was raining hard outside, and I, you know, had to run outside. And so it was pretty grueling. Uh, my legs were incredibly sore, and I was soaking wet like a dog the entire time. And I just wanted to get through the miles. And this is you know, an example of just surviving, and it goes to show how last week we talked about you aren't always you will not always be thriving, but what's important is that you recognize that and you work towards thriving the next time that you come around, so you aren't always stuck in this surviving mindset. And so with that, we're gonna get into this week's topic of open versus closed mindedness, and this is something that. I would say many people, or at least myself, and I'm sure you too, Matt, associate with politics, but I would say that it extends to almost every aspect of life. And there's somebody named Ray Dalio, who is the hedge fund manager of Bridgewater Associates, uh, largest hedge fund in the world. And he has a book called Principles that I know a lot of people in the business world are familiar with. And throughout, he talks about this idea of radical open-mindedness, and this is where we're going to focus our discussion on today. And so to start out, we have a few, or a few differences to between the two. So closed-minded people, they don't like their ideas challenged, whereas open-minded people are more curious about why there's disagreement. Uh, closed-minded people, they focus much more on being understood than on understanding others. Open-minded people, they always feel like they have to see things through the eyes of other people. Closed-minded people, they block others from speaking, whereas open-minded people are always more interested in listening as opposed to speaking. And then the last one we want to touch on is closed-minded people lack a deep sense of humility, and open-minded people approach everything with a deep-seated fear that they may be wrong. And this is straight from his book, so this is not you know, my words, but we're just going to talk about each of these, or some of them. And so I'd say the hallmark, at least when I'm thinking of closed-minded people, is that they don't want their ideas challenged. 
They are very closed off to any possibility of being wrong. They're very stubborn. And this is just... It's really bad to be this way, to not even consider the opposing view. Uh, you know, an example of this that many people I'm sure have experienced is say you have something to say. Uh, maybe like in the context of if you're hiring an employee. Uh, so you're the per- you're talking with your coworker about this person, and this person is your coworker's maybe friend or family member, and so you're talking about you know why you don't want to hire them because maybe they are lazy and they can't meet deadlines on time but your coworker, since that person's his family or friend um he doesn't want to hear these negative things you have to say about the person and why you shouldn't hire him and so as opposed instead of listening to the objective facts that you're laying forward he kind of guess your coworker closes his or her mind off to whatever you're saying and will either ignore you or possibly you know this is really common for younger people just insult you as opposed to trying to have civil discourse. Uh, you know, so if you say your friend is lazy and he can't meet deadlines and an important part of this job is meeting deadlines, but your coworker doesn't want to hear that. She says, well, you're stupid. Like that's stupid, you know, and instead of giving any valid response to that, she just objects to it with these completely illogical, um, responses. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, you see that a lot in politics. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times the the open-minded individual will be stating facts and things that are objective and can't really be argued, whereas the closed-minded individual will be basing their argument more off of feelings and emotions and things that can't really be backed up. Um, and that definitely causes problems because... This is this is why you see people get so upset in like political debates. It's because either they don't have answers to the facts, so they get frustrated, or they're dealing with someone who doesn't have answers to the facts, who's getting angry, so then they get frustrated. Um, which is why politics, you know, becomes so heated because yeah, very polarizing. People aren't a lot of people when they argue, they aren't arguing for the sake of figuring out what the true solution is mm-hmm. they're arguing to prove that they're right um so yeah if if we're having a discussion and you make a point if i have a closed mind i'm just going to try and figure out a response to that point and why you're wrong mm-hmm. whereas if i have an open mind i'm going to consider that point why it's right um how that might change my mind and if it still doesn't change my mind then i'll give an argument for exactly why I think you're still incorrect or still like being misled. Yeah. Um, and someone who's a great example of this, I think is Joe Rogan. Mm. Um, yeah, it's awesome. I think he's probably the most open-minded, um, individual that I've seen speaking on large platforms, mm-hmm. uh, on his podcast. You can just tell that he's not I've, I've seen a few of his podcasts get a little heated, mm-hmm. um, and usually that's because the person on the other side is clo- being closed-minded, or yeah. he's he's being Joe Rogan, and he's you know, playing around with them, and <laughs> he knows he can, he can get them riled up, but he is, you can tell he argues for the sake of determining what the best solution or mm-hmm. like what the true facts are, and I think that's something people should consider when they're having arguments, is that... 
the point of an argument is not to prove the other person wrong. Yes. An argument is to figure out the best solution. Yeah, find the truth. Yes. So if you're wrong in an argument, it doesn't mean you're stupid. It just means that, like, there's more to it than what you thought. And oftentimes, in arguments, it's not like one person's side is correct. It's, mm-hmm. it's usually somewhere in the middle. So people have to realize that and be more open-minded when they argue because that's why politics becomes so heated is because people aren't aren't arguing to figure out the best solutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, you know, touching back on the Joe Rogan point, he is one of the most, I guess, well-read individuals. You know, he always has, he probably does tons of research for every show that he, that he does, um, you know, because he wants to have every side of the argument, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, I remember I listened to one of his shows uh, over Christmas break about um, veganism, and he, you know, I, I tell you he's not a vegan. He's probably something paleo um, or maybe keto, but he... And so I would think that he'd have no idea what he's talking about with respect to a vegan diet. Um, but the stuff that he said, you know, it was very, very well-informed and he knew what he was talking about. There were a few things that, you know, weren't right, but, you know, that's how everybody's going to be at some point or another. Um, but, you know, his, his open-mindedness is very admirable. And I think people can learn a lot from listening to any of his shows uh, because one of the other things that is a characteristic of an open-minded person is asking questions mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, making statements and trying to force their opinion down your throat. This goes back sort of to our very first episode about growth versus fixed mindsets. Um, but, you know, when you're in an argument or a discussion with somebody, as opposed to just firmly stating your opinion, you want to understand the person better. So, you know, you're going to ask a question because questions are how you understand people better um whereas if you're just making a statement you're kind of blocking out whatever they have to say because you think that what you have to say is more important and this goes back to also how you said you know everybody wants to be right um but you know sometimes you have to have the humility like ray says in his book to just suck it up admit you're wrong and move on and learn from this experience so that mm-hmm. you know your next discussion or next argument whatever it may be is better than that and you're able to take more away from it yeah, I'm glad you said that, because it goes back to, uh, I believe it was what we started our first podcast off with, mm-hmm. um, it was a quote by Robert Kiyosaki, a statement closes a mind and a question opens a mind, yes. and that really couldn't be more true, because that's, a lot of people just make statements without asking questions, and it closes their mind immediately. Um, I used to be very into politics, I loved... You know, I love the discussions and, uh, you know, thinking logically about situations, Mm -hmm. but I had to stop because in order to have an open mind, especially in politics, it's a lot of work Yeah. because every single article headline you see, there's more to it. It doesn't matter what side of the media is presenting it. Mm -hmm. They're never going to present it straightforward how it really was. And... I got to a point where I would just see things on Twitter and I just did not have the energy to dig into it, to Mm -hmm. take a stance on it, pick a side. Yeah. Um, you know, if there's something big that I hear about, I'll look into it and take a stance on it, take a side. If it's something that everyone's talking about, 
But it got to a point where there were so many little issues, so many of these, like, little investigations and events, and, like, it was just so... It would be too much work to actually be able to take yeah. a valid stance on all those and be able to argue with other people about it because the truth is, in politics, you can't really argue about anything unless you know facts about it and done research. Otherwise, it's you just... You sound like an idiot, honestly. And it's just an emotional argument. Mm-hmm. So... um you know, it's, it was just way too much work, and that's why I kind of stepped away from politics. Um, I know you kind of stepped away from politics as well. Yeah, I, for me, it was just that, you know, I had the same problem that you did, is that our media on left, right, um, they just always throw their spin on things, and you could never really get the... You couldn't get the truth, and that's all that I wanted was the truth. Mm-hmm. I didn't want some liberal version of a story. I didn't want a conservative version. I just wanted to know the objective facts, and you could never get that with mm-hmm. our media nowadays. Um, it's very unfortunate because you know that's our source of information. So if our source of information is biased or twisting stories to fit whatever their agenda is, uh, it's very unfortunate for for us um you know because we're supposed to be informed citizens yeah and what it results in is people will literally argue over headlines like they will or just a picture one example is uh that kid who is standing i'm not sure he was standing in front of a monument or something with his friends and there's a native american man playing the drum looking at him i haven't seen that um it was a high school kid, I believe, or middle school. Okay. He was wearing a Make America Great Again hat. And oh, actually, I might have seen that now. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The picture looked very bad. Mm-hmm. My first stance on it was, wow, this kid is being a jerk and like this is horrible. And then I watched like a 15 or 20 minute video that showed like, it didn't just show the picture. It showed videos. It showed mm-hmm. like, like statements from people who were there and... I realized that everything I was seeing on Twitter was completely false mm-hmm. and that people were basically ruining this kid's life by yeah. just making arguments and like arguing about it on Twitter just based off a picture with no other information whatsoever. Um, and that's just an example of what closed mindedness can do. It can, it can ruin people's reputations because, mm-hmm. um, you know, just one picture, one quote out of context and, you know, that can be bad. I consider all sides. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one thing that, uh, I guess a caution, is that some people who are closed-minded think that they're actually open-minded, but they're very closed off to the idea that they're closed-minded. Mm-hmm. And so you don't want to fall into that trap of thinking like, oh, I'm so open-minded, but really, like, you might not be. And this mm-hmm. can, I guess, be shown through examples of that. You know, where these people who claim to I don't want to stereotype but I know like liberals are typically thought of as more open-minded than conservatives um but I have seen situations on Twitter or even back in high school where these quote-unquote open-minded liberals would be bashing my conservative friends or just other conservatives that I knew around school for whatever their opinion was but if you're so open-minded shouldn't you be open to the idea of somebody else's opinion or view on something as opposed to just saying, oh, 
you're a racist, you're a bigot, whatever, whatever the label might be. Um, I think it's important to keep that in mind so you don't fall into this, I guess, false reality of thinking that you're something that you're not because mm-hmm. that could eventually prove to be very detrimental to you. Yeah, I think you mentioned this when we talked about growth mindsets too. Um, we talked about having a false growth mindset. And I definitely think that's uh, a big issue today, especially as we go back and talk about politics. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the truth of the matter is, you, no one really has enough time to have a perfectly open mind on every single thing. Oh, no, not at all. It's impossible. So it's important... To say, if someone comes up to me and asks my stance on something and wants to discuss it, I sh- if I have not had time to do the research on it, I should tell them that I don't know much about this. My stance is based off of very little information. Mm-hmm. So, one, it's not worth your time to argue with me because no. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And two, like my mind is pretty closed right now because I have no idea what information there is on this Mm -hmm. and anything you say to me, I'm not going to know if it's true or not. Yes. So it's definitely important to realize that no matter who you are, there is something you are closed minded on. Mm -hmm. Um, and whether or not like that's okay. Like you don't need to go open your mind and find all the solutions to it because if you did that for everything, it's just impossible. Yeah. Um, But because that's the case, you have to be able to admit it and be willing to go then open your mind if you need to Mm -hmm. um, when the time comes. Yeah. And one thing, like one of the reasons that we reject conflicting views is because of this thing called the backfire effect. And it's basically we just, anything that we're unfamiliar with, we feel threatened by it. So Mm -hmm. we close our minds off to it. Uh, And another thing kind of related to this is confirmation bias that's where we only seek out information with which we agree. And so this would sort of be like if somebody is a liberal, they only read CNN, they only watch CNN. If you're a conservative, you only watch Fox News, only read Fox News. And anything from the other side of the aisle, you just completely close off because you don't care about it. Because if, it, you know, if it's not what you agree with, uh, it's irrelevant to you. Um, and one way to overcome this so this thing called a falsification mindset, and it's where you attempt to find evidence that conflicts with your strongly held beliefs, mm-hmm. and that's that's probably the best way that I've thought of to surround yourself or open yourself up to the other side, and I, I think more people would do better or be better off if they put this into practice, and I myself included, you know, I'm definitely not perfect when it comes to listening to other people's opposing views all the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because um, I actually discovered that someone who I would consider a mentor, I guess, mm-hmm. um, someone who I, I watch a lot of his videos, I found out that he's a Scientologist. Okay. And I don't know very much about Scientology. The only thing I remember is that whenever people would bring it up, They'd be like, oh, those people are crazy. Oh, like, yeah. It's got a really it's bad rep. Very <laughs> bad rep. Um, and so I was like, okay, let me dig into this. Um, and I caught myself because I started looking for articles 
that were saying that these people are crazy. Um, because that's what I believed, and I wanted to, you know, like, see what other people were saying. But then I was like, you know what, let me, like, I'm just going to click on their website, like, see what they actually have to say about themselves. Yes. Um, and then I I watched, I watched a video with Tom Cruise, um, talking about his stances on it, because I believe he's a Scientologist as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and I definitely learned a lot, and... I will admit a lot of what they were saying, I can't confirm whether it's true or not, because um, I haven't done the research on it. But yeah. they were talking a lot about like drug use, um, and for the most part, I feel like I was almost agreeing with what Tom was saying because it made sense that there's I think he said like four billion drug prescriptions per year, and there's only like something million guns in the United States. Mm -hmm. Um, and so like we're, we're an over drugged nation. And part of that is because like big pharmaceutical companies want us to keep taking these drugs that are either useless or encourage us to take more drugs because Mm -hmm. obviously they get money for that. Um, you know, that's definitely plausible in my opinion. I haven't done the research on it, Mm -hmm. but the person he was talking to was kind of making him out to be crazy yeah, and seemed very close minded to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was something interesting for me because now if anyone comes up to me and says Scientology is crazy, um, I'm going to be like, well, like, have you considered this? Yeah. Because, like, have you done the research? Cause if you haven't, mm-hmm, there's, there's a lot more to it. And the discussion that they were having, Tom had done a lot more research than the other guy. Oh, yeah. And it kind of made the other guy look foolish. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, that's just one example. If if you're someone who's heard that Scientology is crazy, you know, you should maybe look into it. Um, they still very well could be crazy. I haven't. Yeah. I heard. I heard there's a big documentary on it that makes them out to be crazy. Um, I've never watched it, but I I definitely think it's it's a good idea to look into things and not just take other people's opinions uh, as fact. Mm-hmm. One thing that is sort of underlying all this closed-minded, open-mindedness is this thing that Ray talks about that, I mean, I don't think it's exclusively his idea. I think if you just think about it, it makes sense. Um, We've kind of touched on it already. But you, know, you have two two parts of your brain, or I guess two versions of you. Um, Your lower-level you, which is your emotional and emotional side and then your higher level you which is your more rational side and you know with closed-minded people they often allow their lower level self the emotions to take control of situations or arguments or discussions whereas the the higher level you or I guess if you're more open-minded, you know, you allow your higher level, you, your rational self to take control. And going back to the example that we started with about, you know, when you're hiring somebody, um, the person, you know, if, if you're the one saying that, hey, your friend is lazy and he can't meet deadlines, we shouldn't hire him. You know, it's using your higher level you to recognize mm-hmm. the objective facts and then <clears throat> your coworker's response that you're stupid or, oh, that's a dumb idea or no, we should hire him. Even after being given the facts, he's allowing the emotional, the lower level him to, or her, to uh, respond. And oftentimes with your lower level, 
the emotions, these are direct responses to things. You know, you don't take time, you don't take the time to sit there and analyze it and process it, kind of like a computer. Whereas with your higher level, you, you, you're told something and then you sit there, you process it, and then you formulate your response based on the facts mm-hmm. so that you don't make a either an unreasonable statement or a false conclusion just based on your emotions. Yeah, that's an important distinction. Um, you see that a lot in sports, like someone who's acting with their lower level self will be emotional mm-hmm. and like maybe they're mad they go foul someone. Yeah. Whereas higher level self, they're like, okay, there's like three seconds left, they can't foul. Um, and that's very important because in life, it's important to keep our emotions in check. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes what's going to keep our mind closed is our emotions. We're very passionate about our beliefs. Yes. Um, which is a great thing. It's great to be passionate about your beliefs, mm-hmm. but you have to be aware of the danger that that passion could lead you to overlook important facts or various aspects of something. And will close your mind instead of opening it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so one thing that I think is important is some practices to work on being more open-minded because uh, I think we could all we would all do well to practice this in our lives because like you said, you know, you can't always be open-minded. It's not plausible. Um, everybody's closed-minded about something, whether it be politics, working out, religion, whatever. Um, and so just a few ideas of things to work on maybe next time you have a discussion or, I don't know, like a disagreement are, so I guess the first one that we can talk about is, you know, believing that you might not know the best possible path and recognize that your ability to deal with not knowing something is more important than whatever it is that you do know. Um, and this is just sort of, you know, practicing humility, right? Um, you know, saying that I don't know what the right answer to this is or what the solution is, and but I'm willing to put in the work to find that. Uh, another one is recognize that, and this these are also from principles, don't wanna, you know, gotta get credit where credit is due, don't want any copyright issues. Uh, recognize that decision-making is a two-step process. You first take in the relevant information and then you decide. And this, you know, we've talked about this. It's important to allow that higher level you to process information and to think about it and maybe even sleep on it overnight because if you just make a, you don't want to be quick to respond, you know, um, you don't want to act rashly. You want to think about whatever the decision might be, whatever the relevant facts are. So after processing it, then making a decision. Uh, Another one is realize that you can't put out without taking in. And this goes back to the idea that when you're having a discussion with somebody, you you should be listening to what they have to say and then responding. Whereas, you know, I think many people have this problem and I'm guilty of this too is when they're, when they are responding to whatever you're saying, you aren't even listening to them. You are just, you know, thinking of what you're going to say next. Um, and we had, you know, you and I hadn't had, uh, had an incident like this last weekend at dinner. Um, 
not gonna say anything else on that. But and then the last uh, last little practice that you could consider working on is recognizing that to gain the perspective that comes from seeing things through other eyes, you must suspend judgment for a time. And he says that only by empathizing can you properly evaluate another point of view. And this is just something we haven't touched on that you know, we, I think we should really quickly. It's important to see the other side of the story. Uh, I guess we, you know, we alluded to that. Um, and this is kind of like the idea of you know, putting yourself in somebody else's shoes or seeing, I guess, their world from their eyes. Uh, it's, it's important to understand why people believe what they do. Because if you if you fail to understand this, then you'll never be able to appreciate what they have to say, and you won't get very far in your discussion. And so, you know, for the over the next week, um, we challenge you to try any of these four ideas. Uh, if you have his, if you have principles, uh, raised books. There are some other ones that we didn't touch on that you know you might think are better, or perhaps you even have your own ideas of how to practice being open minded. Maybe you're even working on that right now, and we'll be doing it too. And you know we're just looking forward to talking about how it goes next week. And if you have any ideas, you know, reach out to us. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, just one last clarification. Um, this comes from a LinkedIn article by Ray Dalio, if you want to look it up. He says, close-minded people focus much more on being understood than on understanding others. And that kind of goes back to one of the principles Hunter was talking about. Um, he says, when people disagree, they tend to be quicker to assume that they aren't being understood than to consider whether they're the ones who are not understanding mm. the other person. So I would suggest, along with what Hunter said, in if you're getting in an argument with someone and you're assuming that they don't understand what you're saying, stop for a moment. Consider you're the one who's not understanding. Um, and I think that will definitely help you open your mind up a little more. So uh, that's all we have for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to tune in next week. Subscribe. And as always, cut the BS every day.